Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are V, Vim, or It's, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ash, man. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at LazarusEmma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter at DoubleThrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. All right, today we are talking about Supernatural Season 4, Episodes 3 and 4 in the beginning, and Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Uh, Going to be some serious content warnings for Metamorphosis. Yeah, for, there's, yeah. yeah, just like in general, lots of lots of warnings for these two. There's a lot going on, so here mm. they are. Oh, yeah, and all, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a big one. Yeah. Content warnings for this episode include abuse, homophobia, death of a partner, death of parents, weird incest vibes, alcoholism, misophonia, body horror, unsanitary eating, someone eats raw meat and it's really gross, fatphobia, gore, immolation, anti-indigenous racism, show typical dehumanization, possession, identity theft, and lost time, parasitic infection, cannibalism, and assault. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or shoot an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. So I'm just going to okay. start 4-3 yeah, in just, the beginning. Let's just, let's just hop into this one. I can't believe how much season four comes out of the gate swinging. So much so happens true. in so little. 4-3 uh, in the beginning, written by Jeremy Carver. We start with Sam sneaking out to meet Ruby. He is not in this goddamn episode. <laughs> Sorry, Sam girls. Um, Cass TL is sitting on Dean's bed when he wakes up from a nightmare about hell, and Cass tells him that he has to stop something and touches his forehead, and bam, Dean is, like, on some bench somewhere. So he goes into a diner and has a Hey McFly moment with a young John. Uh, we're in uh-huh. Lawrence, Kansas. It's 1973. Very exciting. Uh, Cass shows up again. He's so completely not helpful. I love him. Then Dean, going by Dean Van Halen, convinces John to buy the Impala instead of a Volkswagen van, and he asks about any, like, demonic omens or anything, but he gets no information, so he continues to just follow John around, and, wow, Dean moments, and uh, watches John and Mary on a date. They talk about how her dad doesn't like that she's seeing John. John has, like, a little wedding ring box, and uh, worth noting, young John actually has rights. He's very sweet. Um, Mm -hmm. Dean makes a gross comment to himself and then Mary appears to kick his ass for following them, which is when Dean sees her like sigil charm bracelet and realizes that Mary Campbell is a hunter. Mary's Uh, a fucking hunter. We can finally talk about Mary's backstory. So she brings (laughs) him home to her parents, Samuel and Deanna. And uh, Samuel is a jerk and insists on working a recent death case alone, but Dean gets there first to interview the widow. Meanwhile, Mary is talking to the son, and we learn that the dead man was abusive to his wife, and his son made a deal with a yellow-eyed demon. Um, Dean goes, oh, holy shit, I know that guy. And he makes plans to go get the cult from Elkins, who he knows has the gun now. And Dean conveniently also has the journal where John recorded every place that Azazel attacked, so he has knowledge of future events. Uh, Samuel is skeptical, but it doesn't matter. Dean and Mary have a conversation that we will talk about because it makes me nuts, where she says that she wants out of the hunting life. John is sweet. He's going to take her away when he proposes soon. And Dean, crying, asks her not to get out of bed on November 2nd, 1983, which is, of course, when she died. And she's very confused, Mm -hmm. but she agrees because he's crying. And what else are you going to do? 
Um, Cass shows up again. Dean asks why Sam is not here, and Cass says that Dean has to do this alone. He reminds him that if Mary doesn't die, then all the people that the Winchester men have saved will die. And Dean says that he knows and he cares a lot, but he can't let his parents die again, so he's going through with the plan. Dean convinces Elkins to let him borrow the cult. He comes back to find Mary is fighting with Azazel at her friend's house. Uh, Azazel says something about how he likes her, and then Dean runs in with the cult, but Azazel does the smoke cloud escape trick um, before he can get shot, even though he recognizes the gun. Because he recognizes the gun. Dean explains to Samuel the whole I'm from the future thing. And then it turns out Samuel's actually possessed. He's like weirdly fruity. I don't like the acting decisions made here. But we'll talk about it. It's so Um, weird. It's so weird. Then So they discuss Azazel's mysterious plan for the blood freaks. We don't really get any answers. We just know there is a bigger picture going on here. And then Azazel stabs his vessel, which is Samuel, and kills Deanna. So R.I.P. Samuel and Deanna, I guess. Uh, John and Mary are having a moment in the Impala, but quote-unquote Samuel shows up and kills John and then <laughs> gets Mary to agree to a deal where, same as his other deals recently, he doesn't want her soul. She gets John back, but not her parents. If in 10 years he can stop by her house for something and if he doesn't get interrupted, no one will get hurt. Uh, so we understand that that is when um, Sam is going to get blood dripped in his mouth and because she showed up, that's why she's on the ceiling, which also finally explains why not every house had a fi- not every psychic kid had a house fire um mm-hmm. so we will talk about that and then dean shows up just too late to stop the deal uh which is mary kissing her dad hate that and uh-huh. azizel gets away again john wakes up in mary's arms Cass shows up and brings dean back to the present and tells him that destiny cannot be changed but now he knows as much as the angels do uh which is to say everything except azazel's end game and so now dean has to stop sam from going down his quote dangerous road or else the angels will and then there's like a to be continued screen which it almost never does so much in this episode jeremy carver you are insane for this one slash positive uh-huh. slash neg yeah. Do we want to go chronologically or do we want... Actually, yeah, why? what's your take on all this new information? <sighs> so we got time travel now. Mm-hmm. We do. We got angels. We, we... can do whatever we want. Yep. I guess, I guess the show already primed us for this with the time loop episode, but this felt very significantly different considering it was back in time and not resetting things. Back, back in time. Back in time. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, um, I mean, I kind of knew something up was up with Mary because of you guys implied some stuff about Mary, um, but I didn't know she had a whole hunter family, uh, I guess ripped to them, spoilers, I guess, but I did see that, um, <laughs> I did, I, Deanna's not coming back, but Samuel is, which is interesting. Smiley face emoticon. Another win for misogyny. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I'm annoyed by this because I thought Deanna was a more interesting character than Samuel. She is, yeah. Women. Women. Um, yeah. I also don't like how... (laughs) I don't like the weird Oedipal thing that's going on here. It's so bad. Yeah. I really don't like that. No, it's not. It's... Yeah. Like, it's... It's... Yeah. Dean, okay, there's a lot of, like, They're, they're doing a Back to the Future, so, like, episode. the incest jokes yeah. are mostly an homage, but it's still yeah. bad. It's still, especially in a show whose fandom is infamous for incest. Like, please, Mr. Yeah. Carver, have some self-awareness. 
Yeah. Like, it's uncomfortable no matter what. Um, and, and, and Back to the Future, he doesn't know. Not at first, no. Yeah, this one, like, we'll get to it when we get to it, but, like, he literally straight up says, Mom's a babe, which is disgusting. Yeah. Like, well, and he makes a joke about going to hell, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm going to send That's you. That's why he's hell. going back to hell. Yeah. Um. So going chronologically, I guess, my first note is that when Sam gets in the car with Ruby and she goes, are you ready? He goes, definitely. Like, he's so edgy. <laughs> Ruby, so has edgy. A, Ruby has a funky car. I didn't even notice Ruby's car. I was too busy noticing how how whack it sounds. Fair. Um, before before Sam does that, the recap. I my notes just say recap exclamation mark, and I literally watched this yesterday, but I could not tell you what that means. But I think it's just like the recap was good. It it was basically like watching the pilot all over again, but with all the extra information we've gotten since then. Yeah. Um, so like the first scene with with um. Mary's death, but also we have information about what Yellow Eyes was doing there. So we also see the blood dripping into Sam's mouth. So like all the information we have so far about what happened that night, uh, and then also Cass, and then also Cass. Just as a reminder, like in case you forgot, we've got this angel guy now. Yeah, the best. This angel guy who has whose powers are phenomenal, phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Itty bitty living space. Also phenomenal, like phenom. No, never mind. I see your reference, Emma. It's, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess they're phenomenal, but also limited because, like, he. It's weird. He lies about time because it's he only sent Dean back because nothing could be changed from it, and just wanted him to know. But like before that, he's like, time is is fuzzy or whatever. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know is we'll we'll get. We yeah, have... I don't know if that's true. I, it, Lots of I get weird the time sense. Tra- I mean, it's always hard to write a time travel story because time is so fucking weird and difficult. Yeah. I I get the sense that predestination is going to continue to play a big role in supernatural. But also, I have heard the two of you use the phrase "team free will" before, so I assume also that there's going to be some back and forth. Love when Wyatt yes. picks up clues. <laughs> throwing you some more breadcrumbs um why yeah. is a pigeon at the park and i am an old man on the <laughs> it's true um and then, then castiel just is perching on the edge of dean's bed and is like what he's were you literally about? okay i Heart don't emoji. have a source on hands right now i meant to get one before the pod but um apparently the script said that cast is like sitting in a chair and like for whatever reason misha is instead on the bed Moments Incredible. of free will for Misha Collins that changed the timeline. <laughs> Why did he do that? Incredible. He is so he Cass is so weird in this scene. He literally just like <laughs> turns around to Dean as he's like waking up and goes, What were you dreaming about? Like, buddy, you are so weird. <laughs> he's so weird. But he the implication is that he knows Dean has been having nightmares of hell. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think I think at this point Cass uh is a little bit in tune with Dean's brainwaves. The way he turns around too—it's uh-huh. so funny. He was also—he was literally—he he showed up and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna—he's asleep, so I have time to plan. I'm gonna sit on the bed, and when he wakes up, I'm gonna turn around and go, what were you dreaming about?' And then he's gonna kiss me." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Cass is even like thinking about. I don't think he even knows that his vessel has lips at this point. Yeah, fair. I'm I'm making silly little jokes because I love my little boy. He's it's actually no, fascinating so to see how like season forecast is just so 
well, early season forecast is so like not a character like he's there because angels exist now because yeah. they needed them too right and so therefore Cass is just like the the messenger literally which you know yeah, fits nicely into that etymology of angels spooky but... guy yeah, yeah, he's, he's literally there just there mysterious. to exactly. He's there to show up and tell Dean things. Like he's he's not and then a character. He's not sentences. supposed to have a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, also of note, Dean is not under the blankets. He is not in pajamas or any form of like dressed down. He's literally using his like flannel as a blanket, which I guess implies <laughs> that he like fell asleep randomly. He didn't in- like he didn't intend on taking a little nappy poo. But also, like, it's the dead of night. I just laughed so hard my headphones fell off. (laughs) (laughs) You know when you come home from school and you just fall asleep in your fucking jeans on your bed and you wake up and it's 6 p.m. and, like, it's time for dinner and you're like, what year is it? (laughs) Well, 1973. You've never never experienced sleep inertia, Wyatt? Um, I have, but only late at night. And at that point, it's just like, I'm already in the clothes I'd be wearing to bed. That's fair. I get it, though. I understand the concept. I had a fucked up sleep schedule when I was a teenager. I role-played all night and then (laughs) woke up the next morning and went to school like nothing happened. Yeah, things have definitely changed since then. Shut up! Shut up! (laughs) We both have jobs now. We both have regular sleep schedules. You shut the... Oh, well, I almost Yeah. Don't worry about it. Shut up! Things have changed. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> now also, they've gotten a little glimpse into our personal life. Always with the lore. Um, it, uh, most of the people who follow us on Tumblr already know about our escapades. Because they've mm-hmm. probably seen our AO3. <laughs> um, also, Cass with his famous line, Hello, Dean. Swim. So <laughs> true. I didn't even notice. I notice every time. Well, now That's why I do it so I'll pay attention. Well, I know you do it on purpose. I didn't notice yeah. he was doing it. That's why I do it on purpose. Um, my next note There's is just all caps, Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> I was very excited, even though like I knew what was happening. I was just like, whoa, I can't believe he's in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> oh, my God. I like pretending I've never seen episodes before. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. Who's he going to meet here in Lawrence, Kansas? Oh. OMG. What's going to happen? Lawrence, Kansas. That's a big place. That's a that's an important place in the show. Mm-hmm. I wonder why he's here. Also, um, the lighting is so why. bright. Yeah, it's the sunny seventies. Yeah, it's very saturated. It's great, especially because the motel was so fucking dark. Yeah, so dark. It's really good. Uh, I I like the establishing bit of the, no. I like the bit establishing that we're in the seventies. Um, because uh, Dean pulls out his phone and goes, you know, asks about reception. Where can he get reception? And young John, who doesn't know yet is young John, goes to the USS Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. that was really good. Um, <laughs> also, that may- <laughs> young John watches Star Trek. I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. 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 Another I think he and Mary watch it together. Aw. <laughs> It was very rude, I think, of Castiel to teleport Dean onto this bench so a cop would come along and wake him up. Cass is like, I do not control the cop. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that was going to yeah. happen if you put him on a bench. Also, this is the most 70s cop in the world. He's got a big old mustache. Yeah. 
They really yeah, they're the establishing 70s detail. Era. They were like, "All right, we're gonna hint that it's the seventies until Dean gets it through his head." Um, then the like bartender is in like extreme bartender? hippie costume. I don't. But... Uh, whatever. I forgot they're in a diner. The, the guy diner... behind the counter. Yes. Relax. Um, bartender. Uh, he's he's just extremely seventies, and Dean makes like a sarcastic comment about how the seventies are over, and they're like, "What." He says, he says, you know, Sonny and Cher broke up, right? And they both and, very earnestly go, Sonny and Cher broke up. Yeah, John's like, what? <laughs> um, the thing I really like is um, you, the, the way the show hints even before the signal thing, or I guess it's after the signal thing, but uh, it does a significant linger on the fact that the bench is advertising tab. Oh, that's what the linger on that shot was for. I was just like, it's a bench. I'm not going to read the ads because I refuse to do that. I um, saw that it was an ad, but I did not recognize what it was. All right. So we had a audacity issue and lost about 40 minutes of conversation uh, in between what you just heard and now and are going to do our best here. But apologies if uh, we maybe go through this episode a little faster than we normally do. Yes. Uh, so we were just talking about how it's the 70s and Tab. Yes. Um, I'm going to go out of order slightly just to, like, bring this in, because we, we talked a bunch about John, and the, the fact that, like, he is so different and, like, Dean no longer knows him. Like, later on, he asks Mary, um, like, what's he like? in a way that he's trying to get insight on, like, this version of his dad, and it's very clear throughout this entire episode that that's, like, his... The revelations he's gotten about his family have completely, like, blown his mind, and mm-hmm. he's he does a good job not yeah. showing it, but I think there's... It's, it's there fairly high in the surface of the subtext. Uh, it's yeah. fairly easy to pull out, and I like that it's while. just, like... Yeah, uh-huh. Like, we've talked about how Sam doesn't really know most of what Dean goes on inside Dean because of the way yeah. kids don't know their parents. And so Dean finally finds out that he never knew his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the, the way Dean's relationship with his dad ends up going, like, almost full, not full circle, that's not right. But, like, he starts out adoring John and then realizes that John has made mistakes and then fully is, like, really mad at him because of the... Like, not telling him things, being like, you gotta kill Sammy if it comes to it, etc. And, like, the fact that he sold his soul. And now he's met a John who is completely different than this man he knows, Mm -hmm. which must be weird. You know, people are full of many layers, but, um, yeah, it's Yeah, the idea that this, this version of John is still, like, somewhere inside our version of John is weird. Because, like, it's such a completely different act. Mm-hmm. And the the there's like vestiges there is like skipping over the Castiel scene when they <laughs> when Dean bootstrap bootstrap paradoxes the Impala by being like hey John you should get this one um and they nerd out of our cars together like that is a thing that is still oh great the cops <laughs> are here for me um it's because of the Dick Cheney conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back around to that um. Yeah, the the fact that they can nerd out over cars together and, like, this is a thing that John instilled in Dean and is, like, was always a thing there in John is, like, that's a vestige of it. But other than that, he is such a changed person. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He just gives off very wholesome vibes as mm-hmm. young John. Um, and I said this the first time, but I'll say it again. John, uh, this young John is played by Matt Cohen, who is Jewish. So John, young John gives off major nice Jewish boy vibes. I trust him. I shouldn't because mm-hmm. I know what he <laughs> becomes. But <laughs> In the alternate universe where that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, well then John see, this is a, a softball guy. This is a thing. Going all the way back to episode one, when we talked about there being some potentiality of John being not not an abusive father necessarily, but like he, he is downstairs, like having had several drinks, is like asleep on the couch. Mary is upstairs in in bed. They are not together. That is the first time we see the two of them mm-hmm. um and you two talked a little bit about that about that and how what was in john was there even before being a hunter mm-hmm. set this off and it's like i don't know if that's like um i don't know if there's causality there for that john and this john or like yeah i don't know because it mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like his time in vietnam affected him that much yeah yeah, I mean, Mary says explicitly that despite, you know, even after the war, he's still sweet and kind. So, like, she acknowledges that yeah. it could have had an effect, but she says that it didn't. Yeah, or if it did, it's, like, buried deep down there mm-hmm. in him. Which I think from, like, a Doyle or a Watsonian perspective makes sense. That, like, it resurfaced several years later when he's when he, like, mm. didn't have the honeymoon of it all to... Sure, yeah kind of cover it up and as mary was recovering from her parents gruesome deaths and the secret like horrible trauma that she was carrying like i can see how that kind of spiraled Mm -hmm. there's um this is this is a complete side note but uh one of my favorite novels is um the things they carried by tim o'brien which is about um american soldiers in the vietnam war uh and it's like you know it's a little bit like uh, America was not the victims of Vietnam, obviously. It was way worse on Vietnam's side, but still just as, like, a recollection of, like, things that, like, soldiers went through more so, like, when they came back home. There's, like, mm-hmm. a story that sticks in my mind in there of a guy who came back and would just get in his car and drive around the lake for hours because he didn't know what else to do with himself and is, like, felt so alienated by regular society after coming home and yeah we don't see any of that in john Mm -hmm. um this is us has a similar like veteran storyline for a couple of the characters um this is us is a really good show i recommend it i've heard that it's good and um we're gonna have to talk more about um the john and mary relationship as we learn two more pieces of lore which come Mm -hmm. in season four and five i think Mm -hmm. that's not that i that is sooner than i was expecting mm-hmm. well i mean i could also say season 12 if you want <laughs> <laughs> sure there is some of that then too yeah great um, um i was thinking of two specific moments so mm-hmm. uh, but on that note of the dean the, nope the john and mary relationship uh mary says when she's talking to john and he's worried that um uh, he's he's worried that Samuel Campbell doesn't like um, doesn't like that Mary's with a mechanic. He's concerned about like issues of class that might be in, at play here. And she says, "No, hey, I love you for exactly what you are." She says, "What?" Um, whereas later in the episode, he says, "I love you for who you are." Um, 
because at this point in the in their dynamic, Mary values John for what he represents. He's everything a hunter isn't, she says. So to him, to her, um, John is the white picket fence that Azazel promises. Whereas John, at this point, sees Mary as a person, and after her death, as an object and mm-hmm. a symbol. Yeah, which is the, extremely the good close reading that so I did good. not notice at all. It's good. And also, there's a funny thing here of like, oh, I'm just a mechanic, or it's like, John clearly knows nothing about Mary's parents because, as hunters, they probably don't have like up upper classy type jobs either. Mm-hmm. Like Samuel says later that he's working on a farm and probably like works a bunch of odd jobs because that's his like cover stories for investigating things. Um, but yeah, jumping back, you two wanted to talk about the. Uh... The scene where Castiel appears after he realizes that he's gone back in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, Cass is just completely not helpful, um, mm-hmm. which is like. Um, he's very mysterious. Indicative of the way that early season four Cass is not really a character so much as a guy who comes to tell Dean things. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really have personality because he's not supposed to. He's just here to, to put Dean in the past so that he can learn about his parents. He's here to tell mm-hmm. him that Sam is doing things. He's here to move the plot, but he's not really supposed to have any feelings himself, um, which is fascinating on, like, a Watsonian Doyleist perspective because Cass is not supposed to have feelings for, according to the other characters either, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and also... um. It sort of it does sort of make sense that he's not going to say much because we learned by the end of this episode that if he had just told Dean why he was sending him back, like that was not the purpose of this. Um, I guess we talked about this in the, in the synopsis is information only, and so if Castiel told him, "It's like yeah, I'm going to send you back in time so you can know all these things, but don't try to change anything," it would like probably not have gone as well or like it's better if dean is left to his own devices i mm-hmm. suppose so that he can bootstrap well, all... and therefore get a sense of agency yes. despite the overwhelming current yeah. destiny yeah he does he does bring to existence the impala which like yeah this is always always meant to be um predestination etc there's a there's a curious i um i recently read watchmen and there's a like I'm I'm curious how much of like a Dr. Manhattan-esque quality like life is like for the angels. Mm. Um if everything is predetermined, like if he knew that if if Castiel knew that this was that he needed to send Dean back in time or like this was the result of sending the Dean back in time, uh, it's it, I don't it think may they just give... think everything is predetermined. Like they okay. know there is a plan and some things are predetermined and they may know some of those things, but I don't think they think that like everything is pre-written. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, just even if that's not true, just to finish the point, um, it, it would, it would give credence to his like, um, detached nature, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's like, he knew it was going to come out of this. There was no point in like belaboring it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, for Cass, uh, I think this sort of stuff is minutia at this point. Um, yeah. His his superiors are Dean's like... feelings don't matter to him. Yeah. His superiors are like, all right, Castiel, you have to go do this thing. And Cass is like, oh, I have to go spend time with this stupid human again. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. 
Yeah, he is very cute here, though. He's got his mm-hmm. little messy hair. I love him. Uh-huh. Um, Dean says, are you allergic to straight answers, you son of a bitch? The answer is yes, he is gay. <laughs> that was homophobic of Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get John nerding out over the um, Impala to uh, Mary, which is very cute. Mm-hmm. Dean's following in his own little dumpy car. And yeah. uh, then Dean does a Back to the Futurism, which is bad. Yeah, we don't like it's it. It's like, oh, my mom's hot. <sighs> Jeremy Carver, pay for your crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mary comes out and kicks his ass. Yeah, yeah she goes directly completely for violence. Him. It's fucking great. Uh, shout out, call back to a couple episodes ago, we got the Unicrystal Hexagram again, the Men of Letters symbol appearing on her bracelet, which I think I mentioned in that episode that it was on her bracelet. I wasn't expecting it to come up so soon. Uh, but here we are, going back in time in episode three. LMAO. Um, and then we meet the grandparents. And okay. So Samuel and Deanna. Deanna is named retroactively after Dean, but also after Kripke's wife, um, which is nuts. Which and, is wild, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, Deanna Kripke. And uh, Dean, a win for trans Dean being named mm-hmm. after his grandmother. Which he acts surprised about, like nobody ever told him that he was named for his grandmother. Um, fuck John writes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. The way the like the causality of these names is is crazy. Like, um, from a joyless perspective, you don't want to have Dean talking to Dean, so it wouldn't be Dean and Samantha. It would be Samuel and Diana. But the way that also coinc like coincidentally conveniently means that. Sienna can be named for Kripke's wife because she shares a name and that like it's not even Dean like the name that happened to be chosen he's named for Dean Moriarty so like <laughs> the layers mm-hmm. also from a from like a Watsonian perspective it's interesting that despite the fact that um Sam Samuel does not like John he I mean presumably because they were they were dead but he allowed um both of his children to be named after both of Mary's parents. Yeah. Despite the fact that clearly they do not have the best relationship. Yeah. And D- John also like, it's, it's unclear how much he knows or how much Mary told him considering the fact that like he woke up next to his, what was going to be his father-in-law's dead body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, he assumes Mary accidentally killed her own father and they just agree never to talk about it again. Which, yeah. Fucked like, up. What, in fucked the way, up what, true. In what did the they tell the cops? To do. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah. a stab wound. He didn't like, they can't say it was a heart attack or something. Like, he's been stabbed. Oops. She didn't Oops. have a weapon on her. Like, what happened there? So they, You and know what? They probably like, gave him a hunting funeral and then just left town. Bye. Burned Wait, but house. this is Lawrence, Kansas, though. Oh yeah, they, they can't left town leave. for a couple yeah. years, and then they can maybe. Back. It's just yeah, this is an interesting thing maybe to me because like it talks about. Moved. There's no internet. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, maybe I. Well, yeah, did they hide the bodies? Because Mary has all these friends in Lawrence, Kansas, and it feels like Not for long. if there was. Well, <laughs> yes, no, they're all dead now. <laughs> I made that meme, um, but uh, it feels like if. There was, like, rumors about her killing her parents. That would not be the case. Like, she would not be able to show her face in this town. And it, it it's, it's probably very, something it's that the show unfair. just hand waves and it doesn't matter, but it's, like, fascinating to think about to me. 
I think they probably oh. just said, like, yeah, they were so mad that I married the boy they didn't want me to that they left. Mm-hmm. And we never heard from them again. Don't ask any more questions. Yeah. We are estranged. Which, I don't know what's going on. John wakes up. Hey, honey, sorry about this, but I need you to help me hide this body. Burn it. Yeah. Yeah. Need your big, strong... Actually, uh... that's interesting. Do you think that Mary gave her parents hunting funerals, even though she didn't want to be associated with hunting anymore? Well, I think maybe she... Hmm. What she probably did is she called other relatives, other hunters in, and they had, like, a traditional, like, hunter's... Yeah, I guess they have more of a network. Like, uncles and cousins and things. Yeah. If the uncle was alive to to pay for her tombstone, then he was alive to deal with her parents. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. The other hunters, like, in the Campbell hunting web. Bobby never had any connection to the Campbell hunting web, right? Mm, Bobby was someone John met so. separately? Yeah, as far okay, as okay. I know. I think um, in, like, some extra canonical material, Bobby knows the um, Harvells. Like, we get some information about, like, Joe knowing him um, mm. when she was young, but I don't think there's anything about specifically Mary's side. Yeah. I feel like Bobby would have told the boys about that if he knew about mary yeah yeah i was just wondering if it was a blank space that like yeah. had not been had not come up yet and was like maybe we didn't, didn't see it happen on there's screen, no way but... he didn't know the maiden name of the wife of the person who's like obsessively revenging her death like he would have looked into it so yeah yeah um, um anyway samuel samuel's a big big old dick yeah He's fuck him. very He's rude unfortunately we are gonna see more of him yes yep but not deanna nope don't know why smiley face um samuel tries to gatekeep hunting he gives dean a little pop quiz about how you kill a vampire um deanna dean is passes like, but he's still mean to him yeah deanna is like okay don't be a dickhead i'm inviting him to dinner um and we kind of find out that samuel doesn't really trust other hunters he prefers to work alone um which is funny because he says we work alone which is yeah <laughs> like yeah you okay. yourself He's Mr. Incredible. Like, why were you thinking of the exact same thing I was? <laughs> Literally in my head went, fly home, buddy. I work alone. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so interesting. Stupid. It's interesting that um, Samuel is investigating yellow eyes. It's like, this could have gone so differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he thinks it's impossible to kill a demon. So Yeah. Yeah, I guess he doesn't know. Oh, He's trying to discover if it's a demon, because, yeah, yeah, they're looking at demonic demonic omens. Dean says, did you find anything on the web of information that you've assembled? Yeah. Catching really himself cute. in a silly way. It's really cute. So slick. Nobody noticed a thing, Dean. You are so smart. Uh-huh. He's so smart. Her eyes emoji. I mean, I guess, like, if they notice, what, like, he's just a weirdo. Like, there's no... Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to catch there. He's just said something a little bit weirdly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have no um, way. But the, of, like, the yeah, the Campbells have a nice little laugh about imagining John knowing about the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samuel calls him a civilian, despite being a vet. Um, yeah, because they're talking specifically about a civilian from the hunting lifestyle, where hunting is um, portrayed as like a family business, but also as like the military. Like, yeah, people, even if they aren't related to you by blood, people who are part of the hunting family are your comrades in arms, your brothers in arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, we talked about this as, like, a thing about John, because John was in the military and him, like, calling people civilians and stuff. Mm-hmm. But apparently this is just a hunter thing. 
Which is interesting. It's also mm -hmm. likely that Samuel was in the military at some point. That's true. He's, yeah, it's the 70s. He's he's 40. He may have been in the Korean War. 40-ish. Mm -hmm. Who knows exactly, but you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. it's reasonable. He's too too uh, young to have fought in World War II, but definitely could have been in the Korean War. Mm -hmm. So then they go <sighs> talk to the Witchshires. Um, Samuel makes a crack about Mary potentially wanting to be a uh, cheerleader. Um, yeah, waving pom-poms at a bunch of dumb jocks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's wrong with that, sir? Explain yourself right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, but well, she gives the... him like a little smile, like they're teasing each other. It's kind of cute, even though I fucking hate Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> it's not also Samuel says family business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The arc words, I suppose. Yeah, Mary goes, "Why am I here again?" And Samuel goes, "Family business." Um, he's dressed as a priest. He's got a fruitcake. Yeah, but Dean is already there as a priest. Um, calls him senior, senior priest to make fun of him for being old, which is weird because it's literally his grandfather. He's not nearly as old as he mm -hmm. should be. Um, <laughs> but whatever. And then um, Charlie's conversation with Mary is interesting because Charlie blames himself. He's He, um, he says, am I going to jail? Uh, the Kill Your Dad show. And yep. Mary says, you didn't do this, Charlie, because she's playing Sam's role because Sam is not here. Um, yeah. She's doing the nice comforting the victim um, bedside manner. Yep. Uh, also, Dean makes a Dick Cheney joke, which I I looked into it. Dick Cheney was in politics in the 70s, but not at the level where um, this would be where his name would be known, probably. Also, he went for, he he got career upgrades very quickly. I don't know. That's the Dick Cheney conspiracy we mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how he how he went from being an intern to being. Uh, whatever his like leader title was, chief of staff or something. I have to know. Yeah, yeah. Canadian derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're forcing Wyatt to learn about American politics. This is so sad. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> the internet already does that for us. So. Between Wyatt in American politics, Google, and Dean in his sad little other car, we've got too many goldfishes in the wrong bowls. Yeah, he went from being an intern for William A. Steiger to being an assistant to the president and chief White House uh, deputy chief of staff under Gerald Ford from 1974 to 1975, and then became uh, secretary of defense. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. When Rumsfeld became secretary of defense, became White House chief of staff and was campaign manager for Ford's 1976 presidential campaign. So yeah, jumped Rumsfeld up a lot. Again. Boo. I can't believe they made a dog the chief. <laughs> yeah. Deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> um, and then so so Charlie mentions the demon's yellow eyes, and Dean immediately realizes that he can go get the cult from Elkins because he knows where the gun is at this point in history. Um, very smart. I love when he makes good plans. Um, and so he mentions the cult to Samuel, and Samuel says that he used to tell Mary about it as a bedtime story, which is incredibly fucked up. Mm -hmm. um, I don't envy Mary's childhood at all. She was raised very similarly to Dean, and I guess to Sam as well, but she was in on it from the start, so not Sam. And she yeah. says that that's the worst thing she can imagine, is her children being raised the way she was. Yeah. The dramatic irony is thick. Mm-hmm. Um... Dean also says, <laughs> yeah. Dean also says of Mary and John, um, I think you two are meant to be 
And then he says, hell, I'm depending on it. But even aside from that, that is uh, mm-hmm. an, thing, an insane like, well, I... thing to say with retrospect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think it's very sad that when Dean's talking to them about yellow eyes, he says, you're in danger. We're all in danger. In fact, you need to get yourself someplace safe. Mm-hmm. Which, like, they listen to him, but of course, this was all supposed to happen, so they don't. Yeah. They're stuck in their little railroad tracks. Yep. Um, this is where, um, Mary says that John is everything a hunter isn't, and he's, Dean starts crying and tells her not to get out of bed, um, yeah. the day that she dies, and mm-hmm. it's so sad. She says, I want a family, I want to be safe, and even when she had a family, she wasn't safe. It's miserable. Yeah. She says, I, um, that the worst thing she can imagine is her children being raised like this. She says, I won't let it happen, but she's not around to stop it. It's so good. Yeah. 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 Um, also, there's a bit when he when Dean's like, ah, I can use the journal to solve this problem, which I, we haven't gotten the journal in a long time. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting that Cass was nice he... enough to send it back with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He just has it. Yeah. Um, I guess it was meant to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, there's he's, his uh, reason for it is like, oh, my dad could see the future, which they're like, it, I guess. I mean, he definitely said weirder things that night. Yeah. Um, then we get Dean driving down the road with uh, Castiel just appears in the car. Um, yeah. Dean makes a God God's my pilot, pilot joke. It's, yeah, it's so funny. That's really good. Love him. He's so dumb. Uh, and so Cast tells him that you know you've already seen a version of where, well he doesn't say this part but we've we know that D- D- Dean has already seen a version where Mary didn't die and he knows that all those people are gonna die. So Cast tells him like everyone you've saved is not going to be saved um and he says that he cares but i said this in my synopsis already but he can't let his parents die um and Cass is gone yep and so then i'll oh, before very that, kindly wait yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait before that also um dean's like why didn't you bring sam back he would have wanted it on this too and mm-hmm. of course we know why um mm-hmm. but castiel doesn't tell him and then dean thinks that Sam's looking for him, which is very sad, and Castiel's like, he's not looking for you. Yeah. Which also, Dean thinks that time is passing in the present, which doesn't make any sense. He's seen time travel movies. He, you mm-hmm. can travel back. And, yeah, it's like maybe one second passes. Come on, Dean. Well, he can't be sure what time travel he's using. He's never time traveled before. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to defend my Blurbo. Um... So then Elkins lets Dean take the gun very kindly. And I'm confused by this because um, it doesn't matter at all. But Dean's like, there's some Hunters and Lawrence, the Campbells. That's where you'll, you can get your gun back when this is finished. Um, the Campbells are no longer there. <laughs> I mean, Mary is still going to be in Lawrence because that's where she dies. So we know that much at least. But also, like, wasn't Dean holding the Colt when he got souped back into the future? I don't understand oh into the cult. i assume that it fell on the ground i guess so and, and then, then what, mary, mary picks it up, it up and mm, john is just like is sure. that a gun like i don't understand whatever it doesn't matter so it's sure matter, but it's just fascinating implying mm-hmm. that mary is just like casually holding on to this magic gun that did not maybe that's how john and maybe that's how john and elkins met yeah maybe hmm. <laughs> where he's like hey um you know <laughs> the me campus, that gun right <laughs> that's my gun yeah 
John's like, oh, this thing? I thought it was decorative. <laughs> I mean, it's been loaded this whole time. I've had it up on the mantelpiece. <laughs> I was going to go shoot some evil cans. Um, <laughs> and the show makes a Doc Brown joke, which is very yeah. on the nose. It's very silly. But, um, yeah, there's yellow eyes is being creepy as always in this he's like there is a cure but and Liddy's like what do i have to do and he's like nothing just in 10 years i'm gonna come to you and ask for something like that which is just a wild thing for a doctor to say it's so weird um and then mary samuel shows up and shoots at him which does nothing and he gets like taken out of the fight and then mary shows up and like stabs at him and he says something about liking her um like, and then he shows up and does not get a chance to shoot him because he escapes he does his smoke whoosh. And then Mary is so freaked out by this that she rightfully decides that now is the chance to run away. Yeah. She's um she's very freaked out that a demon said that he liked her. It's like what's he, what did he mean by that? Uh Sam comp Sam Samuel compliments him. Uh it's like, nice job, miss a shot. It's like take the compliments on. Yeah, Dean immediately like it, yeah. defaults to beating himself up over what he didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Samuel's like, you can be proud of what you did do. Better than John moments. So I have a question. When did Yellow Eyes get into Samuel? It's a mystery. It doesn't... Cause, like, I, I'm not like keeping this from you because it'll be important later. No, I know. I not. just like... <laughs> at what point... When was he alone? Because they went back to the house together, presumably... And then Maybe the scene where they're talking, yeah. Also, I um, a, a while ago now, I was like, "How come demons don't just possess hunters?" And I'm going to continue to say that because it was very effective when Azazel just possessed John, or uh, John <laughs> possessed Samuel. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunate that Samuel didn't know about that protective thing. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because. It- I'm not sure what exactly is on Mary's bracelet, but she's got something on it. Um, mm-hmm. She's probably, like, like the bracelets that um, Bobby gave the boys before they got tattooed. Like, one of those is probably anti-possession. I don't think so. I'm going to go look. It would make more sense if there was one, so. Yeah. But also, but then it wouldn't make sense because why wouldn't he have one of those? Yeah, I guess. Um, let's see. Nah, there's a there's a cross, there's the unicrystal hexagram, there's like a um pentagram and another like little doohickey that I can't I mean there's other charms on it that we don't see, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just too gay to wear jewelry. <laughs> um but yeah, Dean tells Samuel, aka Azazel, all this stuff. Um which it's very funny like Azazel knows about time travel now, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the weird effect where, like, once a show introduces something, suddenly every character knows about it, where Azazel is just like, yeah, you must know about angels. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and also, I've, uh, it's too bad. Obviously, they didn't know that this was going to happen when they were writing Azazel previously, because the show is written by the seat of the writers' pants. Um, <laughs> but it's too bad that there wasn't, like, a weird, like, Azazel recognizing Dean in some way. Or, like, making a, a coded joke about this episode being able to happen. That would be cool. Because, yeah, it is It is funny that this is the first time they met. Yeah. Um, Calls him Future Boy. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, the very weird, fruity way. Yeah. yeah. Azazel 
in Samuel's body is very uh, fruity. It's, Samuel it's Samuel's actor makes some strange choices with yeah. well it's probably the direction more than the acting because generally weird acting is more the result of because actors do so many takes and try so many different things like this is the take they decided to go with this is the way of representing Azazel that the entire crew was like yeah that's right so shrug I think yeah. like it might just be like an intent to be like What's the most off-putting way we can make Samuel act? Yeah. And like Samuel mm-hmm. specifically yeah. is such an antithesis of being fruity that they were like, yeah, this yeah. works. I mean, it does work. It's extremely off-putting, um, but mostly <laughs> because it's just creepy. Like he, I think he does a limp wrist. He does a weird little hip pop. Um, he yeah, gets. He's like, trying for really... like the jaunty charm that like previous Azazels mm-hmm. have had, and he's just like aiming squarely in homophobia it's very weird yeah he gets like weirdly close to dean and smells him yeah despite despite the fruitiness he does make uh the oh god god there's so much pseudo incest in this episode (sighs) so he says he he calls the kids that the psychic kids his master race which great love that love to hate that don't even love to hate it wish it wasn't in the show is what i mean by my phrasing there he says ideal breeders and says oh get your mind out of the gutter no one's breeding with me though mary man i'd like to make an exception so far she's my favorite disgusting and awful saying this through the body of her dad which i mean there's the kiss later yeah yeah it's it's bad. bad and especially uh in a show whose fandom is infamous for its love of incest uh-huh um especially at this point presumably this is not a type that they would love but who knows at that mm-hmm. point yeah there's a woman involved yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um there is a That's funny that. line here that i did kind of like where it's like demon blood is better than ovaltine vitamins minerals makes you big and strong <laughs> it's yeah. very dumb yeah um, and so he does not say anything about his actual big plan. He just says that he has an endgame um, mm-hmm. and then stabs himself and uh, yeah. breaks Deanna's neck. Deanna's like, no, it runs into hell, just gets her neck stabbed. It's just both of Dean's grandparents dead on the ground. Or, well, he, you know, Yellow Eyes is not He's on the walking. ground yet, but <laughs> yeah, dead. <laughs> anyway, one of them's on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um. Before this, we skipped it, but uh, we get an intercut scene briefly of Mary coming to John and being like, you need to take me away now because she's scared of the demon. And it's really sad that this is where this is when she leaves. She abandons her parents here. I mean, it's not not like she would have been able to do anything, but she's scared and it's sad. Yeah, she probably blamed herself anyway. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Sam coded again. I also, also going back to Azazel, there's another line way he says that I, he calls Mary a slut, which again, the show in women and misogyny. She's not angry. slutty. Like I, I yeah. It's, she dresses like a good Christian girl. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just, it's just a pejorative thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, are you one of my psychic kids? Uh, and that's when he does the weird sniff. But like the proud way he said that, he's like, he's so excited. He's like, oh he's my like, plan, oh, it's one working. Of my baby. One of my little babies, he's come back in time to say hi to me. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know exactly what line it's at. I think it's when, uh, when Dean says no, that he's not one of the psychic kids, uh, Azazel Dean says, doesn't say no, 
Azizel just leans in and sniffs him and says no. Oh, yeah, he smells him, and he doesn't smell yeah. the demon blood. And he says, well, maybe you have uh, a sis or a bro. Um, and Dean makes this, like, really angry, twitchy face. Sis or bro yeah, is such it's a... so this bad. Is very it weird. Sucks <laughs> it sucks ass. Um, anyway, Sister we cut back bro. to John and Mary. Um, John is... is Mary's parents are dying and John's come out here to propose and it's like and Mary's this is where he says yeah, it's very wait. like tragic in the yeah. sense of like a tragedy the way that like you can't stop it they don't know yeah <sighs> mm -hmm. and like Mary says I will love you for exactly who you are mm -hmm. yeah Mary's fucked up and upset um and she tries to like stop John and I think John like assumes that it's just like jitters or something because he's like oh, yeah just let me get through this it's like, no, bro, she's upset. Don't ruin the moment trying to make her feel better by proposing to her. Just, like, be there. Yeah, she says, yeah, it's... wait, there's things you don't know about me? Like, she wants to come clean here? There's a there's a small thing I like here of, like, they have clearly, like, talked about this to some degree. Uh, like, Mary knows that he's going to propose to her. It's like, he's like, let me get through this. Like, he says... Um, I guess it's no secret why I brought you out here. A, a lot of, like, media tends to make, like, d likes to dramatize, um, proposals and, like, make them a whole big deal that, like, the other character didn't know about, etc. Most of the time in real life, it's not like that. Most of the time, healthy couples will talk about this. And all those, like, horror stories of people, like, being freaked out by proposals and stuff is a result of people seeing media and being like ah this is how i should do it talk yeah. about getting married to your your yeah. the, partner the folks don't proposal don't just surprise them can with be a it. surprise but don't like spring the idea of marriage yeah yeah and anyway that's like a a nice like true to life detail that i enjoyed since a lot of media doesn't do it mm -hmm. i always kind of read it as like mary could tell yeah, um, I don't but think i think also that they talked it, about but like their plans coming. as a life together yeah like, I think she she knew that he was going to propose because he was being really obvious about it, and she's smart. Um, but I don't think it was a surprise, like Wyatt said, like it is in most media. So mm -hmm. that's really nice. Winchester's having a healthy relationship? <laughs> yeah. More likely than you think, I guess. Cool show. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, so then Samuel, quote-unquote Yellow Samuel, shows up and kills him. Kills him. Yeah. And Mary's Straight like just cradling his it's so body. It's so quick. Yeah. <sighs> just, well, just so grabs Samuel, him, snap. Samuel shows up, grabs Mary out of the car, and John's like, hey, sir, just wait. Um, he tries to, because Samuel, well, because Mary's like, like, dad, you're hurting me. Um, and John tries to like grab Samuel, and he just turns around and fucking snaps his neck. Yeah. I almost said RIP John. That's how good young <laughs> John is. I mean, so. yeah. <laughs> He's, I mean, he's R.I.P. to the nice, sweet boy. Presumably, he's never going to be completely the same after this, after being yeah. asked to help hide slash burn a body. At least he's ride or die, though. He is ride or die. It's yeah, true. It's so true. <laughs> he is so ride or die that it ruined his life when his wife died. Yeah. John Winchester, the ultimate wife guy, destroyed by revenge <laughs> for his wife. John Winchester, ultimate wife guy. He's not ride or die, he's ride or fucking take revenge until it kills you and then also traumatizes your children, thus mm -hmm. eventually sullying your uh, dead partner's wishes for all of you. Wake up, new ride or die drops. 
Don't make fun of me. <laughs> um, <sighs> um. The, is this your little orphan Mary now? It's so weird. Poor Mary. Yeah. Um, uh, oh. So then Azazel promises, he calls John Loverboy, um, which just reminded me of the Hunger Games. But mm. um, he says, think about it. You could be done with hunting forever. The white picket fence, station wagon, couple of kids, no more monsters or fear. I'll make sure of it. Sure and of that. so all, all she got was it's, 10 years. <laughs> it's It's interesting it's he is being so um on the nose about what this is about like how manipulative this is being like of course he's not bringing your parents back they're a danger to him he is only offering to bring john back because it benefits him mm-hmm. yeah. but mary still is like in like mary still takes the deal because it's like what else is she supposed to do mm-hmm. um jumping back a little bit sorry when when azazel is talking about oh maybe you have a sibling um, after he says his weird sister bro thing, um, he talks about how he's going to sneak into their nursery and bleed into their mouth. And, and my, my note says, Azazel respecting non-binary people. <laughs> Jay. But at least he used fucking they, them pronouns. So true. I'm going to bleed into his or her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is finally we get an explanation for why... Um, in Sam's vision of Mary in the nursery, she recognized Azazel because she apparently, in her half-asleep state, did not remember the date that Dean said and went to check on the nursery and interrupted by mistake. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. To be fair, Sam was crying. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and what, there was a strange man standing over him who apparently wasn't John. Like, yeah, it makes sense yeah. that she would rush in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then. Cass appears to bring Dean back to the... Yeah, there's a shot here where Dean, like, looks over his shoulder at... Cass has his hand on Dean's shoulder. Mark that Mm -hmm. down. Um, Bingo card. (laughs) And um, Dean gives him, like, this look that appears in a lot of AMVs. Because Dean is, like, on the verge of tears because he just watched his parents have this fucking traumatic moment um, and failed to save them and stop what happens to their tragic family Mm -hmm. um so dean is like very teary-eyed and gives Cass like this very soft look and like it's not it's not a look that's intended for Cass. the softness is not mm -hmm. for Cass, but he's very soft in this moment yeah if i were him i'd be mad at castiel maybe maybe this is because i i study uh misha collins with a pair of rose-tinted glasses but i feel like (laughs) Cass, like i don't think Cass feels sympathetic but he looks sympathetic yeah, he like, doesn't he just look, has a very soft he's, look on he's, his face. Yeah, he's like this. Like is I think he recognizes moment. that this was a shitty thing to go through, but he's like, "Yeah, man, it had to happen." Not yeah. sorry, but like, fucking sucks. Yeah, but also, um, speaking of kind of speaking of Destiel, um, as John comes back to life, Mary like hugs him, and then we immediately cut to Dean and Cass like moments of being paralleled against couples this one is definitely Mm. not intentionally paralleling a couple but like the shot to shot Mm. transfer um is tasty um also Mm. this is mary like looks over at dean it with like almost apologetic um it's like shots of mary of all time it's so good Mm mm-hmm this this moment handshake mary saying i'm sorry to sam in episode in season one episode yeah nine. that was in the recap also yeah. it was really good yeah which now we know what she was apologizing for because she literally did this by making this deal um yeah 
society if she let John stay dead, I guess. Um, well, they wouldn't exist. Th- what, yeah, exactly. Um, one of uh, Yellow Eyes' lines, is he, he says, or you can spend the rest of your life desperate and alone, and she's, like, sobbing. Um, Winchester's and being unable to face the concept of being alone. So true. Yeah. That's all my notes for this episode. Um, well, no, so in then, the, so the then final... Dean and Cass talk about destiny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the season four underline of and destiny I, and trying to avoid Cass, it. Isn't this where Cass tells Dean about um, Sam's going down a dark road, and if you don't yeah. stop yes. him, we will. He, yeah. Castiel says, destiny can't be changed, Dean. All roads lead to the same destination. Which, again, uh, yeah, I'm curious how much angels know about what the future and the past is, etc. Um, well, I mean, presumably they would know all the past because they're immortal <laughs> beings from heaven, but you know what I mean. Um, the uh, Yeah, he's like, this is where he's like, yeah, I sent you back to just show you information. Um, and then it's like, we know what Azazel did. We don't know why, what his end game is. He went to great lengths to cover that up, which is... Yeah, dangerous road, and we're not sure where it leads. This is the thing, I like, the show jumping back and forth between not knowing what the future holds, but also all roads lead to the same destination. Well, I'm, I'm very curious about that dichotomy. I think yeah. it's, I think we'll have to talk about it as we explore angels a little bit more. Because mm. right now, yeah, as we, we get some more season angels, four so and cool. five lore. It's really I'm excited yeah. to get to more of that then. And then, yeah, he's like, so stop it, or we will. We'll kill Sam. He'll die. It's, the way it's, it's your problem all over that. again. It's, it's just season... implied. <laughs> yeah. The way Wyatt lowers his voice when he uh, pretends to be Castiel is <laughs> so really, funny. really something. Um, yeah. Wyatt handshake. It's me, Castiel. <laughs> Speaking to you inside your brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, boy. Castiel. <laughs> Um, literally me. Leave your brother. We don't need him. (laughs) One of the listicles I was reading the other night, um, for unrelated reasons, mentions a factoid that I already knew, but, uh, just reminded me of where, um, Misha regretted making Cass's voice this low because he had to do that for the next 12 years and it hurts his throat. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Okay. But also, Uh, when you voice an NPC, when you voice a goofy NPC who becomes beloved, you have to play them for the rest of the game as that voice. Yeah. Um, I also remember there being a tidbit about how over the years, especially after meeting Cass, Dean's voice gets like deeper. What? Like Jensen All Ackles right. starts deepening his voice because he's That's on so set funny. with Cass. It's, it's so funny. It's insane. It's not necessarily like because of Cass, but it does happen around the same time. Like mm-hmm. Jackal's psychological warfare chamber is being put in a scene with a guy whose voice is lower. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. This is the same Jensen Ackles who specifically lowered his voice when talking well, to John. And he like, which started wearing the platform shoes at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, that was season three, I think. Yeah. It was it was Juice and oh, Bellow, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, um, that's what Gabe said. Okay. Anyway, that's the episode. Sorry mm-hmm. if this one was a little disjointed. I think we did a good job recovering. Yep. Yeah, um, we just totally pulled that together. <laughs> Uh, so actor facts, um, as said earlier, Matt Cohen, who plays young John Cohen, Co- Cohen, 
Matt Cohen, who plays young John, was Dr. Griffin Monroe on General Hospital uh, and Aiden Dennison on South of Nowhere. Um, young Mary is Amy Gumenek, who plays Cupid on Arrow. Um, and Samuel wow. is played by Mitch, Pol- Mitch Pelegi, um, who played Colonel Stephen Caldwell on Battlestar Galactica, Ernest Darby on Sons of Anarchy, Harris Ryland on Dallas, and most famously, Walter Skinner on The X-Files. We got another big X-Files actor uh, making, a, uh, I guess not a, I guess kind of a cameo cause they probably didn't know that, um, Mitch Pelegi was going to come back, but you know, that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. this is how you know I, like I haven't that. watched enough X-Files cause I have no idea who he is. He's like a, he's the FBI director. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I got that far. Or sorry. He's the assistant director, but yeah, he's a, yeah. Important character in that show. He's in like 88 episodes of it. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, speaking of actors, um, this is late because I just found out about it like this week, um, so I couldn't mention it for Dream a Little Dream of Me when it actually happened, but um, apparently an early version of the script had, instead of Dean confronting himself about his daddy issues, it was going to be John showing up in the dream, but um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was busy, and so they rewrote it, and I think this works even better, so I'm glad that it It happened. Yeah, yeah. The real world implicate like the the way that the real world Society, affects supernatural yeah. and like uh-huh. everything is by accident is so fucking good. Uh huh. Whack. Um. But yeah, that's what a wild episode. Mm-hmm. Time <laughs> um, travel, baby. Yep. Uh. Anyway, I'm gonna take a break now, and when we come back, we will talk about episode four, Metamorphosis. <laughs> So, Metamorphosis opens with Sam and Ruby interrogating a demon, demanding to know where Lilith is. The demon is not talking. He calls Sam a slut. Diversity win, I guess. And they exercise him with Sam's brain. The vessel is still alive, but Dean comes in as they're about to leave. Dean and Ruby get into a fight, but Sam makes her leave to take the guy to the hospital. Dean and Sam get into an argument the next day, and Dean starts packing his stuff to leave. Dean punches Sam a couple of times, as you do, I guess. Uh, And he accuses Sam of no longer being human. They're interrupted by a phone call from a hunter named Travis, who has a case for them. We cut to a guy shooting very loudly and grossly. He's eating a lot, uh, and that night when he's brushing his teeth, his bones start crack-a-lacking. We cut to the boys (laughs) in the Impala, where Dean has just finished telling Sam about what he experienced in the last episode, and they wonder about why Azazel did what he did. Turns out Sam never told Dean that he knew Azazel blood in his mouth, and Dean's even more mad that Sam's not telling him the truth. I forgot about that. Uh, we cut back to Jack, which is the guy's name. He's very hungry. The boys are watching outside his house. He starts eating chicken leftovers and then some uncooked hamburger, as it's you gross. do. Yeah. Cath-coded. I I skipped through Cath-coded, that part. Yeah. It's very gross. Big content warning for misophonia for this episode. Wait, you, wait, hold on. What? I can't explain. What's cascoded about this? <laughs> okay. It's a surprise tool that will help us later. Um... <laughs> that one's for you, Dusty Kewl. Uh 
So Dean and Sam head back to the motel, and we meet Travis, an older hunter that they haven't seen in about a decade. Travis tells them about this case. Turns out Jack is a Rougarou, which is a creature that starts out human, and then at age 30, they get a craving for human flesh. <sighs> it's a werewolf. Rougarous are Alex just said. the Cajun version of Lougarous, which are is just French for werewolf. It's a, a, a Rougarous a werewolf. Yeah, that's what Alex said, too. <laughs> he only knows that because of Hunt's showdown. <laughs> Um, and once they take that bite of human flesh, they transform forever into a human-eating monster. While Travis is explaining this, we cut back to the Montgomerys. I believe his wife is named Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Michelle cuts herself while cutting some food, and Jack goes all wide-eyed when he sees her blood. He runs mm. out, and we see him drinking blood. and eating fistfuls of peanuts. Mmm, blood. <laughs> he's like, bring uh, me more peanuts. Yeah. Uh, he's eating, he's eating them with the shells, I think. Yeah. I could not imagine eating that many fucking peanuts. Um, I eat too many peanuts and my tummy gets upset, so. Mm. Uh, there's a guy being creepy down the bar and Jack calls him out on it. They're about to get into a fight, but he breaks the guy's wrist really bad. The bone's sticking out. It's nasty. Yeah. Uh, and he runs off. Uh, we come back to the hunters and they're preparing flamethrowers. Turns out the only way to kill a Rougarou is to burn it alive. Um, I guess. Sam's been Shrug. doing some research. Shrug. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's been doing some research and turns out if the Rougarou never eats human flesh, they don't turn. Travis is doubtful as it's hard to resist the change. Sam suggests talking to Jack or at least waiting until he does something quote unquote to be killed for. Mm-hmm. Jack pops up back at home. He and Michelle have a talk about what happened. Jack apologizes for running off and she softens a little bit. They start kissing. Jack gets a little bit rough and she has to push him off of her. Um... We cut to the boys in the Impala talking about what, how they're going to talk to Jack, but Dean's concerned that Sam won't be able to kill him with, if or when it comes to that. Sam's uncomfortable with the dehumanization, and Dean accuses him of letting his emotions cloud his judgment. Dean draws the obvious connection between Sam and Jack, and Sam demands that Dean stop the car. Yeah. They argue about it, Sam blows up at him. We'll probably go over this argument line for line, because it's good and also important for Sam's stuff, so I won't get too into detail right now. Uh, Dean ends the argument by agreeing to go talk to Jack, and we cut to Jack dissociating and watering his garden. Uh, they talk to him about what's happening to him, he doesn't believe them, and he kicks them out of his yard. Later, Jack is sitting outside, listening to voicemails from his wife. He sees a woman getting undressed in a window above him, and he gets overcome by the hunger. He even climbs up to the window, causing Dean and Sam to break in to try to save the woman, but when Jack sees his own reflection in the window, he fights it off and leaves. He heads home and finds Michelle tied up in the living room. Turns out Travis has gotten there and knocks Jack out. He wakes up tied down too, and Travis is about to kill them. He doesn't want to make the same mistake he did 30 years ago, because it turns out Michelle is pregnant, and the child is going to have the Rougarou gene as well. So, uh, like any normal guy, I guess, he's going to burn the house down with them inside of him. Uh, Out of fear and adrenaline, Jack breaks out and takes a good chomp out of Travis. Rip this guy, but not really, because he's kind of a dick. Sam and Dean show up to the house and realize that this is where Travis is, too. They come inside, and there's just a blood streak on the floor and not much left of Travis. Jack pops up and knocks them both out. Sam wakes up in the closet. Good for him. Uh, He talks to Jack, tries to relate to him on a freak-to-freak level, but it doesn't really work. Jack's about to take a bite out of Dean when Sam breaks out of the closet and roasts him. Oof. Uh, in the denouement, the boys are talking in the car, and Sam vows not to continue with his ESP stuff because it's a dark road and he doesn't want to turn out like Jack. And that's the episode. That's, yeah. Yeah, Catherine Humphreys was mm. on something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just going to do this at the top because I have a info on hand and we might as well. Um, so yeah, Rougarou, uh, a.k.a. Lugaru, a.k.a. Werewolves. There is a specific thing here related to, like, hunger. Not 
in a way as explicit as the show has it be, but like it's it's at least connected to a point where I can see this angle that they took. Um, there's it's weird. There's a way. There's a thing that's like almost closer to like um stuff like the Wendigo, like going all the way back to episode two of like the the once you eat human flesh you can't come back and like that style of monstrousness, which is um as far as I'm aware nowhere in like werewolf or uh, it's probably in like a few werewolf things, but not it's not a common reason for becoming a werewolf or staying as a werewolf. I guess sometimes there's like. I think they've you mentioned know, a it in who... relation to like vampires and supernatural. Yeah, it's more like vampires. I mean, werewolves and vampires have a, a mm-hmm. fairly like deep connection between them, but that's neither here nor there. Um, there, there is stuff about like I guess once a, if a person's a werewolf, the curse can't be broken if they've eaten human flesh. Like they need to abstain from that. Um, but like, not that common. However, um. Becoming a um, Lugaru or a Rugaru is often a result of not following the rules of Lent um, in French-Canadian folklore, um, nice. which is like, yeah, uh, according to which the methods for turning into werewolves to break Lent seven years in a row, as an example. Uh, Done. For, like, French Catholicism. Seven. Um, yeah. And like, can um, you break Lent if you never, like, commit? Yeah, so I think that's the thing, is it's only for if you're Catholic. Uh, only Catholics, only Catholics can get to be vampires. Werewolves. Yeah, no werewolves, not I mean, vampires. Sorry, I said the wrong word. Yeah, that's <laughs> so disappointing. Um, it is. But um, yeah, I mean Lent is a time of fasting, so presumably one of the ways you'd be breaking the rules of Lent are eating lots of food during it, and so that's oh. where the connection is between the this show's depiction of the Rougarou and folklore's depiction of the Rougarou, I guess. Um, but it's a gene. The fact that it's a gene. Oh, we're okay. We'll talk about this later. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's go chronologically first before I can freak out. Um, there's there's a lot of monster discourse that is trying to happen in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of ground we've tread here on Word of yes. God already. So we're probably the, the, not going to go as deep into yeah. it as we did the first couple. of Also, time. we only have so much time because we had to re-record. <laughs> yeah. For, um. Yeah. But the genetic angle is there's some stuff there, and but but mm-hmm. anyway, um, I like that we start exactly where we left off. Like the previous mm-hmm. episode had like a big old to be continued in a way, and like the way it ended was in a way that was very clearly like we're gonna jump back it, like we're not gonna time skip, we're gonna come right back in on this, and we do. Yeah. Um, and no time passed. That's in unusual. The yeah. Hmm. Um. Um. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> Sanga Sam is sledding Just around with this, a demon. This guy, the guy stuck inside of this demon, suddenly hears, "It's me, boy, Sam Winchester, coming to you <laughs> inside your brain." Leave the body. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Sam saves we this guy. To. Yeah, um, he did it. Um, the demon likes to taunt him by sarcastically calling him a hero. Um, the demon also slut shames him for for him and yeah, it's weird. Ruby being together, I guess. Um, when which which episode was it where we just saw the rising of the witnesses? Are you there, Goddess Maisie Winchester? Four two mm-hmm. had um, Meg telling Dean like you think you're some kind of hero, and he was like, no, I'm not. Um, so now we get Sam 
gets yeah. that side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, Ruby gets called a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Once by the demon, Dean... and then once Dean shows up, once by him. Yeah. There's um, there's this funny shot when Dean comes in, that's like Sam's helping this guy up. They're walking, and then they pause because Dean walks in and they see him, and he like walks out of the shadows, and the camera jumps back on them, and Sam has this like big like wide eyed, dumbfounded look on his face, um, <laughs> and it like shifts over from the guy he's helping to Ruby. Now, I don't know. It's just really funny. It's like, oh no, he caught them in the act of saving this guy and i know that like ruby's here it's just like the framing is really funny to me like they, they're they not even doing anything bad mm-hmm. <laughs> like i guess sam's using his powers but his powers are cool and dope and draw demons out of people i don't see what the problem is <laughs> yeah why is like have, if i had I cool demon powers i would simply this, use it i would simply save people from demons yeah sorry i was that emma um, I was just kind of complain about the cold open. Like Ruby literally doesn't talk. It's weird. Yeah. She's just standing Ruby. there. Like what? She's just standing there. She doesn't like offer encouragement or advice yeah. or responds when the guy says anything, uh, even about her. Like she's just standing there. I don't understand. She's set piece. So boring. Hashtag not my. She Ruby. has her like flawless mm-hmm. beach waves. It's so boring. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, I think she only has one line in this scene. To the ER? And no, after... after. Oh, yeah, she um, says... The, the title no, card. She's got then she lines. says how yeah, did yeah, it feel. Yeah. Right, right, and he says right. that there's no more headaches, which is notable. Um, and then mm-hmm. she says, none, that's good. And Dean shows up. And um, once, once Dean asks who she is, then she says, it's good to see you again, Dean. Um, and then she doesn't say anything. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I love his face when he goes, ER, is that Ruby? Like, he's so annoyed. Yeah. He's, he's like, ah, hurt you again. Well, and also, obviously, Sam said that she was gone and was lying. Mm-hmm. And again, season four continues to just have no breaks. Like, I had the assumption that this build-up toward Dean realizing that Sam was, like, going behind his back talking and working with Ruby and stuff was going to be something that we would build up to and maybe have They're as, like, a mid-season a climax. Schedule. But nope, it's here in season f- it's in episode four. <laughs> They're on a short schedule. They only got to break 66 seals. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They're not going to... They're not... That's so Why, I would like what? What? Say that again? I would like you to look at the last episode of the season. Don't look do at its that. Title. <laughs> <laughs> do they break all of them at once? Is that what happens? That would Maybe. be impressive. I'm looking at this. I'm I'm looking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Something's gonna happen. Um Yeah. When Dean, <laughs> it's Dean it's tries the great to... pumpkin sandwich Chester. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of episode titles that are very fun. Um, but when, when Dean tries to stab Ruby with her demon-killing knife, Sam, like, jumps between Ruby and the knife. It's really sweet of him. Oh. He's so chivalrous. Wyatt, stop Googling. Sorry, no, I just saw that Bunny you Colvin's going to gonna be in the show. Bunny Colvin plays Uriel? Uh, cool. Bitch. Hell yeah, I love that. Uh, Robert, that Robert Wisdom, Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Uh, fantastic oh. actor. Why was doing actor facts weeks in advance? Get back in <laughs> I, d- I just recognized his name because Robert Wisdom's really cool and I Stop like him a lot. Stop looking He's in up a lot things of good in the future. Okay, okay, back. okay. You just... I told you to look at an episode title. <laughs> I just happened to see his name and got excited. 
Um, I hate Sam's shirt here in this it's next scene. Shirt. It's so ugly. After like once, yeah, you know, yeah Ruby's got taking this guy to the yeah. ER, and Sam is just sitting there, and Dean comes in and starts packing his stuff like a fucking baby. Um, like he has the right to be mad, but he's acting like ugh, he's I don't, being so dramatic. He's so he's like, fine, you don't you don't need me. Go with Ruby and play her games. Yeah, <laughs> he's just. And then he punches him in the face. So punch. Yeah, in my in my notes, in my notes it just says punch. Yeah, my notes say fucking baby. Oh, I was I forgot that he was gonna do that. Um, he says you don't need me. You and Ruby go fight demons, and like goes for the door, and then just fucking hits him in the face. And Dean, Sam yeah. says you satisfied, and Dean hits him again. And Sam goes, I guess not. Um, which is pretty funny on Sam's part, I will say. <laughs> yeah there's only like there's a there's a couple of ways that you can respond to getting punched that gives you the uh, upper hand in this situation yeah sam's just sam's been through a lot and he's like sick of this he's like listen yeah. i've had like you're back from the dead i had stuff to do you were gone i i have brain magic now why don't i use it i'm saving people Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's completely right. Like, it happens to be that his powers came because of a demon, but he's literally saving lives with them. So what is the problem here? Yeah. Also, Dean goes, use the knife. And Sam Sam goes, that kills the victim. Have you guys he's forgotten so about right. exorcisms? Well, the uh, exorcisms also sometimes kill the victims. Dean has a couple of gross comments here. Um Dean has a bunch of them in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a Sam Girl episode, definitely. Um, yeah. Where uh, Dean says, "Do you even know how far off the reservation you've gone?" Hate that. It's bad. Yeah. What the fu- uh, what the fuck is that line? And then he says, it's "How bad. far from normal from human?" So once again, equating normal and human, and especially mm-hmm. in the context of like that previous line, it's especially bad. Whew, it's bad. Uh, and and he says, I'm I'm noting that uh, Sam refers to the person being possessed as the victim. The knife kills the victim, mm-hmm. um, which is more sympathy than the victims of demonic possession typically get from the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean also says, uh, "If I didn't know you, I'd hunt you." Yeah. Um, and yeah. like it's it's interesting. Like I had a note. Like this feels like almost like a little out of character for Dean of like how how much he was willing to um how much he was willing to give Sam the benefit of the doubt prior to this when he discovered about his psychic powers even when he was like throwing stuff around with his mind um his unwillingness to believe that Castiel is an angel um I don't know I guess like episode 3 really put him through a lot like he's now fully bought in. Like he says, he "Why didn't an angel like, want me to from that. kill you?" Like he, he says, "God doesn't want you to that. do what you're doing." Yeah. 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 Also, I think mostly it's not you know because Cass said that there's a problem. I think it's just because he's pissed off that Sam's lying to him. Yeah. He feels yeah. I guess that's true. I guess yeah. Yeah. He's overreacting. Like, I think. I think that's like, his deliberately. Big issue. He's he's lashing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then their fight gets interrupt- interrupted by the Monster of the Week plot that has to happen this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think in general they did a good job tying into what's happening with Sam, this idea of like yes. there being a monster inside you that you had no control of that I guess is in your blood literally because of the demon blood that's in Sam, even though he ate it and it didn't go into his bloodstream. I don't, don't worry about it. We talked about, we joked about this. 
Yeah. Uh, this is also, I think, the first time that Dean says Cass, like specifically, not Cass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Him Cass. I like that. he's known him for yeah. three and a half episodes. Me too, buddy. Um, and Sam is, Sam is like very teary while Dean is yelling at him about this. Um, yeah. and then, and then Sam immediately gets a phone call and like shaky voice has to answer it and like pretend to be yeah. okay. It's, oof. Yeah. Little Sam. Been there. I'm so sorry, baby. Mm-hmm. Big hat mood king. I too cry um. when I'm on the phone. <laughs> God, I hate phone calls. Anyway. Same. Um. This is a rough episode for people with misophonia. Um, It's just this man eating ravenously. Don't watch this episode with headphones, even if you don't have misophonia. It's so awful. Yeah, it's nasty. It's gross. Um, But the the bone crunching is a pretty good effect. It's pretty cool, Mm -hmm. him being in the mirror and being like, what the heck? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean... Listen, if you're if you start collapsing in pain in the bathroom, that's when you go to the doctor. Yeah, go to the doctor. Maybe he has no help. Men will literally eat raw meat before going to the doctor. <laughs> literally. Men okay, Emma, they have a nice Is anyone going to ignore this? <laughs> yeah. They have a nice fucking house. There's no way he doesn't have life insurance or health insurance, I mean. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know if life insurance is going to cover. Actually, I guess yeah, I don't know if life insurance is gonna cover getting burned. I mean, it's wrongful death. I, mm, I guess that's true. Getting burned after doing a cannibalism, though. <laughs> yeah, Sam can argue self-defense, except he's not around because of the feds. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this is so not the point. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Basically, they start talking. Back to the boys in the car. Dean told them going back to the past. Sam's like, "I guess you did this, huh? I've also been there." <laughs> He doesn't say that, but it makes sense that he believes Dean because he also had weird mm-hmm. time shit happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I do uh, want I, I do want to yeah, call out um Michelle's look of like horror as Jack is just chowing down and she goes, Jack, are you stoned? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. That is funny. I was she's like, or you have tapeworm. Yeah. Which I don't know if this was like a universal experience, but I was fucking terrified of getting tapeworm yep. when I was a child. Uh-huh. Okay. It's not good Did to have a worm watch- in you. No. Did you Except also for... watch like monsters inside me? No. Oh, okay. I was just scared of worms. Though apparently, if you have worms in you, it makes your allergies less bad, but not tapeworms. That's our problem. <laughs> okay, we don't have enough worms for in that. us. Um, <laughs> not enough worms. There's a there's a type of worm that lives in the human the human intestines that apparently not, helps you not, with al- with not. antibodies. Um, I like it's that. An interesting Dean's... symbiotic relationship. Dean's assessment of Mary's fighting skills is that she could kick some ass. I mean, she almost took me yeah. down. Like, he's at uh-huh. the top of the pyramid, well, except that Mary does not. He down. is. It's so funny. I mean, yeah. according he's to the right. show, he's he is. Dean Winchester always has so. good booking. Yeah. Gordon should have beat him, I continue to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Dean gets all It makes all me miserable. Pouty. Hold on a second. Um, Sam, Sam says, how did she look? Was she happy? And she says that uh, she oh, was yeah. oh, she was awesome, funny, and smart. So hopeful. Dad, too. Ooh, hopeful. Yeah. Sob. Sam's like, our whole family murdered for what? So you guys could get my nursery and bleed in my mouth. And then Dean's like, never said anything about that. And this is where, uh-oh, uh-oh. Right, right, Reggie. Kill Bill Sirens. Um, it is It is just a nice little reminder that this is, in fact, the Sam show. <laughs> like, a, a Sam girl took uh-huh. the wheel again and went 
Yeah, remember uh, that? That was all for Sam plot reasons. Oh, yeah. It's, um, Even though Sam literally wasn't in that episode except for the first two seconds where he left. Um, that was technically still about Sam. It's the... I'm, I empathize with Sam here. It's the worst feeling in the world to fuck up two times in a row. Not only... Like, we had the one-two combo of Dean realizing he was lying about Ruby and then realizing he was lying about the demon blood. Or I guess not yeah. lying, but not telling him. A lie of a mission. Like yeah. The... the it sucks when it's a combo and not just like you know when you mess up once you got some time to like for the the problem to smooth over but if it's two on one if it's two at once it's extra rough <laughs> mm-hmm. um we only have like half an hour left let's let's pick up the pace yep. um jack's eating food yeah, he hold the he takes a beer out of the fridge and he holds it so weird. Yeah, he holds it with like He's... two fingers over, two fingers under. Like, what is it with men this and is... beer in this show? I... So, th- I'm early actor fact. This is Damian Clark, beloved voice actor Damian Clark, who voice of Handsome Jack and a billion other guys. Uh, he he's good in this episode. He makes some really wild choices as far as like how this character acts in a way that mm-hmm. I'm probably going to remember. Like this is one of the standouts for like a weird like weekly character who's not going to come back. He's um, a weird guy, yeah. And a, a lot of that was probably also the directing, like I said. But like mm-hmm. he 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 really goes for it with this character. Yeah. <laughs> He really puts his whole pussy into it. Yeah. Um, and then he does. We I mean, he's good at that. The boys meet up with Travis. Um, Travis says that John would be proud of them. Hmm. Yep. I like this scene, though. I Like, they do a good job selling this character, who is also, like, a weekly one-off character with the way the boys talk to him. Travis uh-huh. is like, you still a mathlete? And they, like, joke around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they make some comments that are like, uh, what is it? Like, see, Sam told you we should have had the beer. It's just elegant screenwriting for introducing a new character and making it seem like he was like part of the story all along. Like the boys mm-hmm. like knew him this yeah, whole time. They laugh yeah. at his like not having having his hand in a cast when he's like shorthanded. Haha, uh-huh. making mm-hmm. dad jokes. Also, Dean takes the time to be passive aggressive to sam he's like yeah nothing more important than family we're thick as thieves yeah, um, yeah. very pointedly uh and then then they uh, D- travis mentions ruguru and dean goes is that made up that sounds made up all words are made up dean oh wait yeah yeah stupid um and then he- dean apparently has never heard of um cannibalism being referred to as long pig he's like yeah That's my word of the which day. is interesting to me yeah, yeah, that like feels like media savvy Dean would have heard it before. It yeah. is funny how he like it is a good He's like character so writing thing it. of it's like so yeah he just latches onto it and he uses it like a whole bunch of times. It's his word of the day. Um, yeah, the word long pig is said uh, five times in the script. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, so Dean. three of them are right here where are Travis Dean. says it, then the yeah, transcript then... says it, then Dean says it, and then later Dean says it another two times. And with relish. Yeah, with relish. he's like very excited to get to use his new vocabulary word. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, I've been there. Michelle cuts herself and like runs it under the water without getting any <laughs> of it off she's like really bad at washing her hands because they don't uh-huh. want to just, like, make up or whatever it just looks so dumb it's very um, silly and then we cut back to travis explaining how uh they feed once they're a monster forever so like just the the essentialism yeah. of monsterism in the show it's 
Mm-hmm. It's so much. They they just keep doing this. And it's yeah, because uh, it's really interesting. It's like it runs in the family. He's like, oh, I didn't have the heart to hunt down this kid. Um, and it's like wanted to make wanted to wait, make sure I had the right man, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, this idea of like it being hard coded into his genes, particularly like Lou Guru stories are about like punishment and atonement. Generally, one can come back uh, from being a like Lou Guru slash Ruguru. Uh, there's all sorts of ways of like br- of ways to break the curse, ways to save them, et cetera, et cetera, because as a predominantly Christian folktale, it's all like caught up in stuff about like sin and atonement and redemption, mm-hmm. um, which is just a wild. It's and it's like a wild take for like us to go into like the predestined nature of this. Like, oh, what like you are doomed from the beginning to be a Rougarou and to be a mo- to inevitably become a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it is very weird. to deliberately make that a Sam error as like. Yeah. Sam not having a choice, Sam literally having it in his blood, um, which is so blatant that even Dean calls it out. Like, it's, yeah, th- there's a lot there. There's something. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and monstrousness continues. So then we have Jack at the bar. Um, my one note for this scene is uh, fat phobia and defensive women's rights. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's <sighs> yeah. I mean it's... they. They went with a bigger guy because of the cannibalism angle. It's like, oh, that's a lot of meat to eat. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, and we get Sam does his research. Um, Travis is offended by this in a way that was like uncomfortable. Um, yeah, like, it's like why'd he, you bother doing that? He's offended huh? that they don't just take his word for it, which is stupid. Yeah. Why would you ever just take someone's word for it when you can look into it? Um, and so Dean covers by you know defending him saying Sam loves research so much he jerks off to it um didn't like that really it's a sickness no it's it's i liked it in that it's like a particularly pointed barb from dean because he's mad at sam Mm -hmm. um yeah sam discovers like it's fine as long as they don't eat meat they won't transform um and Travis is like, Travis again argues for an essentialism here. It's like, you ever been really hungry? Haven't eaten days hungry? And Dean immediately says yes. From a big juicy sirloin. Yeah, that fucks, that fucking, it killed me. Yeah. Like, he says, you ever been hungry? Sorry, he says, yeah. you ever been really hungry? And Dean gets that, like, gets his attention. And Travis says, I mean, haven't eaten in days hungry? And Dean says, yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Sam does not answer. Sam has not gone hungry to the same extent. Yeah, it's mm. good little backstory <laughs> note. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Travis is like, it's pure base instinct. Everything in nature's got to eat. Um. And this is where Sam says we're not going to kill him unless he does something to get killed for. So again, the like assumption that once he does become a monster, the only solution is to kill him, and because now he deserves to be killed. It's. Mm-hmm. There's some real like. Yeah, like I said, some real essentialism here of, like, uh, that is connected to, I guess, like, there's no, you know, he's a middle-class guy, but, like, just reminds me of, like, the classism of how uh, people throughout history have, like, talked about, like, the poor and, like, their, how they are poor because they're stupid or, like, criminals are criminals because it's, like, 
in them. Like there was mm-hmm. for a long time. I mean, a lot of um, uh, phrenology comes from the idea that's like a person can only ever be what they are, and it's like it is deter- like the shape of their skull and their brain size determines whether or not they'll become a criminal and all that sort of stuff. It's bad, which yeah. is of course racially coded. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It's like they've smoothed that over here because it's like a, a middle class white man, and like the scary thing here is like, oh, even this normal, this like quote unquote normal guy in the American like vision of what a normal guy is can become this monster, mm-hmm. um, in a way that like belies some of that like classism and racism. But there is still like that just idea at its heart is connected to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we get um, Jack and Michelle again. Jack says that when he saw her blood, he got dizzy. Um, he seems like he's confused more than covering. I don't think he knows yeah. what's happening to him. Like he doesn't yeah. realize he wants to eat her. He's just like, I can't possibly want to eat my wife. So what was that? And he doesn't know how to explain it even to himself. Yeah. Um, and he like apologizes, and she's like, you know, no, no, thank Diamond, which is really cute. And then he mm-hmm. uh, mm, assaults her. Pretty much, Basically, yeah. He he, he can't yeah, stop he goes, himself. He, he goes too far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and she, she tells she's him to very stop scared. and slow down, and he does. Yeah, it. she's into it at first, yeah. but then it's like, yeah, it it he goes over the line. He bites a little too hard. Yeah. He puts his fingers yeah. places that she doesn't want them. <laughs> yeah. So then Dean's uh, in the car with Sam. Says, "I want to make sure if push comes, you're gonna shove." I really like that line. It's well constructed. Yeah. Um. And then uh, Dean says, you sure your emotions aren't getting in the way here? Um, between this and sledding around, the, uh-huh. I don't know what's going on with Sam's gender in this episode. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, then they talk about, uh, you know, maybe you can relate. And um, Sam pulls them over and yells about how Dean keeps, Sam keeps lying to Dean because Dean treats him like a freak or an idiot. Um, and Sam's like, I, you don't have any idea what it's like to have demon blood inside you. I'm a whole new level of freak, and he's trying to make yeah. something good out of it because he has to. Like, it's such a good Sam scene. It's we've really already good. Covered most it's, of it. it's good. It, yeah, Jarpet yeah. does a good job in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Sam, this is this is where my brain worms. I think this is in the lost part, but um, last up that the previous episode we discussed how I have brain worms about this guy being named Jack. And um, mm-hmm. this is where it comes in because uh, Sam called him out on not using Jack's name at some point. And so this time mm. Dean says, let's just go talk yeah. to the guy. I mean, Jack, okay? Um, like the little mm-hmm. olive branch of acknowledging his personhood, um, specifically mm-hmm. a guy named Jack being a human. <laughs> um, All right. Um, there we go. <laughs> um, and then they... so. Jack. They talk to Jack. Yeah, Jack comes in and, and gives Dean like this look. I don't know what it was for, but um, it's the same way that like later when Dean is knocked out, Jack is like considering eating him. And I have thoughts mm. about that because when Jack came closest to eating somebody, he was like eyeing that woman who was getting undressed in front of her window, right? And so like cannibalism coded as like lust. Like he's he's staring and, at this like half naked woman and wanting her, you know, and so that is like that desire is expressed in this case as cannibalism. Like he wants to eat her, um, and then like he specifically also wants to eat Dean. Like the the 
objectification of Dean and like yeah. queering That's this sure. heterosexual paragon <laughs> paradigm. I don't know what's going on. It, there's ugh, why do they keep doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's me, boy. The worms in your brain. <laughs> um. And then, so they have a yeah, little this... talk with him, and they're like, "Just say no to cannibalism." Uh huh. This reminds me a little bit of the scene where they confront the witch in Malice Maleficarum. It's like similarly in his backyard while he's gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not call that gardening. I would call that drowning he, your hydrangeas. Yes. <laughs> it's he's the, got the water is so the water is so limp too. Yeah. Also, this scene is really washed out. Unlike last episode, where the colors were so vibrant, we're back to mm-hmm. the like um, like gray filter. Yeah. Um, Dean says Manberger helper in the scene, which is funny. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then Jack decides not to break into that woman's window, and so Sam and Dean break like kick in, and they and Dean goes, "Ah, oh, we're here to save you, I guess." <laughs> like this very anticlimactic voice. It's so funny. It's um, it is very cute. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say, just during the scene where they're talking to him, Jack uh, says, like, Jack catches on to what's happening. He says, stop me. My dad, did uh, somebody stop him? Which is Yeah, that's and then why he, he kicks him out, because, like, yeah, they say, yeah, like, we know oh, the guy who murdered your father. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, they also say, like, your real dad and things like that. Don't like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about this Another before. Another validation of adoption yeah. in the show. Um... And yeah, Jack comes home, calls out to Michelle, was looking for her, then finds her tied up. And uh, turns out uh, Travis is here to to be, to give the boys an alibi because it's Travis's mm-hmm. fault that uh, Jack spirals out of control. Yeah, but it's Why also the causality is crazy because, because Travis assumed that Jack would t- turn, he attacked um michelle yeah. and their unborn child and therefore jack turned to save them yeah. like it's to save them from yeah. travis it's like yeah. it is very much like one of those like tragic oh it never like it's so sad that it ended up like this but it's also deeply narratively unsatisfying to me mm-hmm. also also he's immediately like okay i have to burn this house down with both of them inside of it she can get a fucking abortion. Yeah, she can get it. Yeah, yeah. This whole Not time. Not in like, Supernatural. Just get, just get an abortion. It, mm, I think uh, the show might be Yes, in Supernatural. <laughs> Not yet. An abortion. Okay. Sorry, I had to reference the vibe. Um, I do think the the pregnancy reveal is really well done. Um, it is. Yes. Because it, it raises the stakes In the meantime, you're like, why is Travis attacking Michelle? Like, she did, she's not a Rougarou. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the gene. Um, and then he says, tell him what you told me when I got here. Um, and she says, I said, she's like very teary-eyed and scared and regretful because this is obviously not how she wanted the announcement to go, you know? And she says, I said, yeah. don't hurt me because I'm pregnant, which is so, it's so good. Yeah. It's so sad. Which is also the first thing I would say to somebody who wanted to tie me up. Unfortunately, it was only made him more going to hurt her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, Travis says, "My condolences, dickhead." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says it in a way that is like very sincere, but like this is a guy whose brain has been poisoned by hunting. Yep. Yeah. This like, is your brain on with, with Gordon and that uh, yeah. Jesus guy. Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. Hunters are it's 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 not a not a mentally healthy job. 
No. no. They get red-pilled really easily. Hmm. Hmm. A job where you go around killing things, doing things, to, doing mm. bad stuff to your brain. I wonder... <laughs> Surely there could not be any social commentary here. <laughs> social commentary in My, my supernatural? supernatural? Um... And then uh, Jack it's... breaks free and eats Travis. And um, yeah. my notes here, this is this is for Ash. My notes here say Michelle handshake Jody. Um, F. Yeah, <laughs> kind of rough, buddy. <laughs> I can't elaborate on that, but we'll find out. Uh, it's, oof, yeah, it's it's a really good, gross, scary scene. We get just the littlest, like, shot of what's left of Travis, and it looks like a bit of a ribcage. Literally looks yeah. like giblets from like World of Warcraft yeah. in two thousand two. <laughs> like it's, but like you know, full poly. It's it's whack. I um, the transcript yeah, just says we see a piece of meat on the floor, and they go over to stare at it. <laughs> I like the um, I like I like how jacked up Jack's face is. Haha. Ha. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. it's really he's good. got the weird makeup on now. He's just got blood all over his mouth. Um, but I also particularly like. When they find him in the, what is he? He's in the closet. He's behind the door. He's behind a door. It doesn't matter. Um, oh, no, right. Because he hits. He, he um, knocks Dean out. He knocks Dean out. And then Sam. And then he's talking to Sam through the closet. Right. He's through the door. Yeah. That was the, I lost the causality there a little bit. Anyway, as he's talking to him through the door, um, I really like how still a person he is. Like the way he's trying to reason with yeah. Sam is like, we'll have ourselves a little brainstorming session. Um, and he's also Sam, very sarcastic he's like, and angry and scared. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After what you did, he tried to burn my wife alive. Sam's like, why? And then Jack's like, uh, he didn't say, which again, like, it's really good. clever really of good. him. And also, yeah, she just gets away. Like, there's a there's a baby mm-hmm. out there with the Rougarou gene. It's okay. Dean Winchester is dead in fifteen years, and Sam is retired. The guy it's who, <laughs> the guy who just ate a guy, says, "I guess psychopaths don't have to explain themselves." Oh. I mean, uh, Sam gives him a whole speech about how you don't have to be a monster. It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he says, it's "I I know how you feel. Believe me, I know. There's a hole inside of you, but it doesn't mean you have to fall into it." Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam and says Sam says, it doesn't matter, matter what, you, what you are. It only matters what you do. It's your choice. Yeah. yeah. And then Dean sets him on fire. No, he doesn't. Dean is still, like, just barely waking up. Oh, no, up. right. He attacks Sam Dean, and Sam the, sets him on fire. Right, right, Sam, right. Sam burns him. Right. But he, Sam looks miserable about setting this guy on fire, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So supernatural is like is anyone going to make these characters murder their narrative foils and not wait for an answer literally uh-huh. so true dean shooting the shifter handshake sam burning the ruguru yeah it it's even worse for dean because like every single time that happens they literally look exactly like him. <laughs> he's they're wearing his face he is literally killing himself one of these that days is. this show is going to attempt to rehabilitate a monster and i'm waiting for that I'm waiting Smiley for face. it. I'm waiting for <laughs> it. Because they keep going so close, and I want to know how they'll deal with it. Because the, the way they're playing around with, like, this predestination is like, oh, you are always, once you're a monster, you can never go back. But, like, also trying to push against that with Sam, and I don't, I'm very, I don't know how the framing, I don't know what the framing is doing here. Because it's think like, of one specific example it's afraid to answer the question. What, something like what you want so okay we don't have that far to go okay emma message me what you mean um six five why don't look that up this time i won't <sighs> you're making me google shit <laughs> it's your fault for not knowing things 
Um, so then, then Dean says, uh, you know, in the car afterwards, oh. they're in their Act 5 conversation. And Dean says, you did mm-hmm. the right thing, you know. And my notes just say, shut up, Dean. Like, he doesn't want to be comforted yeah. right now. He wants to just yeah. go take a nap. Yeah. Like, he's still yeah, covered I'm, in the guy's blood. He's traumatized for a little while. Damn. But he does say, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Um, and... Sam is not responding to any of Dean's, like, joking attempts to lighten the mood. Uh, and Sam says, this thing, it's not in you the way it's in me. It's just something I got to deal with. And Dean says, not alone, which is nicely paralleling off of the season three ending where yeah, um, yeah. Sam says, and me. Yeah, they're there mm-hmm. for each other. Meanwhile, yeah. Sam is, is staring at his own reflection, mirrors, mm-hmm. um, he says he's done with this. It's playing with fire. He literally just set a guy on fire. It's so uh, good. Huh. Also, Sam's staring at himself in the Impala mirror, mirroring um, haha, Jack seeing his reflection in the window that caused him to not eat the lady. So true. Mm. And yeah, Sam gives it up. I, I'm curious to see where this yeah. is going to go. The last line in this episode is, this is my choice, because yeah. it's all about choice. Except when it isn't. I will choose for you. <sighs> well, it's all about choice and potentially the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was 4-4. That was 4-4. Mm-hmm. You know, the show keeps hitting its themes. I'll give it that. Yeah, they, um, they do what they're doing. They're actor facts. I also just realized I had a note for last episode I forgot to bring up, and it's normally I'd let it lie, but this is important to me. When... Azazel is talking to Dean, and this is about his endgame. He says, like, I'm going to tell you, or those angels sitting on your shoulder. Hmm. What, you think Cass you is think working alone? Plural? Yeah. Cass isn't working on his own orders. Yeah. Cass I, is a soldier. He's I a know, warrior it's just like, God. the sitting on your shoulder He's thing. He's part like, of the host. He can, the way he can sense it. I don't know. It's just that. Well, that I mean, angels sitting on people's shoulders is a pretty, like classic imagery and he knows that you know you must have friends in high places sure like he Uh, knows an angel therefore it's perching on his shoulder and potentially more than one um i don't think Mm -hmm. there's too much to read into that but i like where your head is at it's it's good it's good to like look at it's just i don't know it's interesting to me that yellow eyes knows that like angels are after him in that way Mm -hmm. i think i think azazel's thought process is Dean time traveled. Angels can do that. Angels rarely mm. travel alone. Yeah. Um. Or are rarely acting on their own because they're angels. They're they don't have they don't have individuality. True. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do we have more so, actor yep. facts for this episode? Yep. Um. Okay. So I'll I'll save Damian Clark for last. Uh. So we also have Joanne Kelly who plays Michelle Montgomery who will go on to be a major character on Warehouse 13, another spec ficky like Monster of the Weeky sort of show. Um. Micah Baring. Um. And then Ron Leah who plays Travis is in like a billion things, two hundred plus acting credits. Uh, he's he's been in a bunch of Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, probably most recognizably, he's Detective Gavin Hardcastle in Orphan Black and Brian Maloney in Street Legal. Um, and then yeah, we got Damian Park, Damian Clark, who plays Jack. Uh, he's like I said, he's handsome Jack. He's Cell in Dragon Ball Z. He's Scar in the 2004 Full Metal Alchemist. He's Kazuma in the New Fruits Basket. He's in a billion anime. He's young uh, Togoro um, in Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, yeah, he's in mad dubs yeah. and lots of voice acting. Um, I don't know if he's been in very many like actual camera work, but like he did a good job in this episode. Yeah. So yeah. like, 
he he managed to chew the scenery in a way that I really liked. He also <laughs> looks the a lot like um. <laughs> he also looks a lot like Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack's yeah. face was like modeled after his a little bit. Yeah, I saw him wearing cosplay. Yeah, um, mm. it's interesting. Emma, you've never played Borderlands, have you? No, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but it's fine. Ah, I never do game. with Actifacts. Um, that's, that's fine. Cool. He's also uh, he's also Canadian. Um, he was on. He was on. Uh, he's been like bit parts in a lot of TV mm-hmm. shows, like uh, Twenty Four, Castle, Prison Break. Yeah, not a lot of major roles. Yeah, no. On TV, no, mostly a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, that's so it. Next week we are doing uh, next week monster movie by Five Ben Edlund, which is fun. Yes, and so Yellow excited! Fever. I'm so excited. Yellow Wyatt's going to love this one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, it's it's right up Wyatt's alley. Um, and Yellow mm-hmm. Fever by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, which um, I vaguely remember. And I, I, it's either really good or really bad, probably. Yep. Yeah, that kind of tracks. There is a very memeable moment in this episode that was very famous in the fandom. Yeah. I do know what this episode is. I think we'll have plenty to talk about, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's interesting. Um. But yeah, that's that's next week. Uh, yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. And, and follow um, us on TikTok. <laughs> and follow us on t- Right, yep. Um, mm-hmm. And until next week, we will be... Um, Staring pensively at our reflections in the car mirror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Musing about free will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go listen to that Rush song now. <laughs> the music used on Word of God is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share-alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description. Notes.